Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast slash video that I like to uh, put out there once a week where I like to talk about all things investing, talk about what's going on in the market, stock market, talk about certain observations, things that I'm seeing going on in the market and what other people are seeing that I that I think know what they're talking about when it comes to investing and and also just as importantly just share with you how I make my own some of my own personal investment decisions the thought process that I try to go through what I when I frame my investment decisions really for the purpose of hopefully for you to kind of take some nuggets of, of, of information and kind of bring it back to your own uh, personal situation in terms of how you're framing your investment decisions uh, my name is Amon Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors and as an investment coach what I do is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent, but they feel like totally intimidated, frustrated, confused by the whole investing concept, the whole concept of buying and selling stocks. They either don't know where to start if they're interested in getting into it, or they've been investing for a while and just aren't seem to be making any progress with their, with their portfolio. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people. I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can you know achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence so this is episode 97 and this week we're just doing um, no video this week so you're just gonna have to listen to me um, and this week I, I want to talk about, about a little bit about dividends um, they're kind of playing into the news a little bit recently in the last week or so there have been some companies out there that are are uh, running into a little bit of uh, trouble and dividends is kind of playing into the factor in terms of their stock prices right now and I thought it'd be a good time to just talk just not just at the low micro level but really talk kind of big picture level on the whole concept of dividends now since really 2007 since we had that financial meltdown or whatever uh, you know dividend investing is really kind of in a way taken off it's become very popular there's all kinds of um, people out there blogging about it blogging how they're um, investing, uh, taking a more dividend focused in terms of uh, framing and building their portfolios and investing. There's all kinds of resources out there um, around the whole concept of dividend investing, and which is cool because clearly it's it's working for people. And the I, I'm, the goal really here is I'm not I'm not going to try and, and kind of criticize it or anything because it's 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 one um, process in a variety of different ways in which you can invest. And uh, there's a lot of people that swear by it. And uh, that's cool. So if it works for people, that's that's a good thing. Um, and uh, you know, because of everything that's been going on, we've seen a lot of proliferation of dividend kind of ETFs, dividend-oriented ETFs, and then dividend type of mutual funds and, and portfolio customized, actively managed portfolios out there. Um, and uh, and really, the big thing with with dividends and a lot of people how they use them is is it's and why it's become a bit popular and why it's always been a factor in terms of a lot of people making investment decisions is a lot of terms of valuation is a lot of times driven by it. There's actually models out there. Um, the dividend growth model, for example, uh, the one that's kind of you know infused into your brain in business school and finance, uh, finance classes um, as a method in terms of evaluating and determining a valuation for, for a company. So. Um, so you know when we break down a real basic here, like dividends are are popular because of of a, of a certain you know when people think about dividends, they think that you know a company that's paying dividends is 
pretty much considered to be a very strong business, a strong company. It's a company that's gonna be durable, it's gonna last for a long time, and especially gonna be resistant um, to any serious, like if there's a market crash or something. It, dividend, companies that pay dividends are going to kind of weather the storm a lot more effectively than a company that doesn't pay dividends. And ultimately, the, the premise being that if a company pays dividends, then ultimately their stock is gonna be worth more if you look at traditional valuation methods, again, like the dividend growth model. Um, and it's common because it's infused in your brain. It's taught to you over and over and over again in, in, uh, in school as part of form, as my, part of my formal training. That's one of the first um, valuation models that I learned was the dividend growth model. So um, <clears throat> it is a firmly entrenched component in finance and it is, an, it is a component that is quite prevalent in terms of uh, how businesses operate. But I think what I've noticed now in my time as being an investor and also after somebody who's you know had a lot of been gone through a lot of training and a lot of experience and analyzing tons of companies, I think what, I, what I've come to a point now when I look at dividends is they, as much as they give you money, as, as much as you're drawing an income out of it or an income stream, it can also give you, you know, investing in dividend-oriented companies and dividend-oriented stocks can give you a pretty, um, can also give you a false sense of security. Um, and especially the people that I kind of worry about a little bit in terms of people who are adopting a very you know dividend only or dividend focused kind of investing strategy are you know people who are like kind of an, in the older crowd, older investors who are kind of looking for that stream of steady income and will put their money in sort of dividend oriented companies. And traditionally companies that pay dividends are quite prominent in the banking sector, the financial services sector, in the utilities, electrical utility section, and also traditional industrial manufacturing companies um, out there. And so a lot of times when people look at dividends, when they view dividends, they view it as essentially kind of like found money, like in a way a windfall, and also to a certain extent a sort of a right instead of you know just sort of like well you know I'm I'm I should get a dividend I'm investing in this company I deserve to get money back from it it's almost like a like a, a right or a privilege or something it's a right versus a privilege um, and then that, when you adopt that kind of and that kind of gives me the the shakes a little bit it gives me a little bit concerned because Ultimately, that's not what dividends are meant for. And so what I wanted to talk about here is kind of, and this is something I, I, I teach, um, one of the first things I actually teach to uh, people that I work with, either through my you know, individual courses I teach, also through my online course courses that I teach. Uh, the first module I talk about is, you know, uh, principles, is principles of capital of wealth creation. How do companies create wealth? And I go through this whole process, and I'm gonna just do this very, very fast. When we think of businesses, especially businesses and companies that are created, especially in our capitalist society, the principle behind it is, is you have an idea for a product or service that some that you think a lot of people are going to be interested in, and a lot of people are going to give you money to to produce. And so, you don't have any money, so you go out in the you go out in the world and you try to raise money. Uh, either go to a bank, you borrow, or you actually share, convince people to, to, to put money and become investors in your, in your company. You take that money, you go invest it in all kinds of different capital, you hire people, you buy equipment, um, you buy a, you know, rent a place to, or you know, own a place to you know, house your equipment, and you go out and you generate products and services. You sell it to people, and then they pay you money, 
And then once they you take that money and you pay off whatever expenses that you did you needed to incur to create those products, and hopefully at the end of that whole process, a whole cycle, you should have some money left over. And ultimately that money left over is what we call profit. So it's at that point when a company has profit, has extra money that they've created, they've created wealth, they're faced with a choice. They can take that money and put it in the bank and save it for a rainy day, save it for a time where they can reinvest it into maybe buying new equipment that's more productive, hiring more people, um, advertising more, all, whatever things. And, and take that profit and reinvest it in the business with the hopes that it's going to generate more profit in the future. So that's one way you can do it. So if you're doing it that way, then the company is going to grow and ultimately become more valuable. The other thing, option that's available to a company that has profit available to them, that has created profit, is they could give that profit or take a portion of that profit and give it back to the people that invested in the company, the shareholders. And companies that make that decision to give some of their profit, after-tax profit, back to their shareholders, uh, that process is basically just paying those shareholders a dividend. So that's the process, that's the cycle of how wealth is created in our society. And at the end of it, companies are faced with the decision of whether they want to either keep the profits within the business to reinvest it or to save it for a rainy day where they might need it or give the money back to shareholders, give some of the money, some of the profits back to the shareholders. So, <clears throat> so what I want to get, what I, and it's important that I teach this, I, I, try to, I, I make this a point of teaching this at the start of my courses is because you have to understand why companies are in business. Like, like if you had an idea, like I saw this thing on, on, on Twitter about some play, somebody inventing this uh, avocado, this thing, this device that can cut avocados, uh, take, the, take the whatever, the stone out of the middle and and cut it up in all in one one device. And so the person, you know, when you think about it, the person who decided to come up with this idea and to sell this and to create a business to do that, they didn't come up with this said at the start of their business. They said, let's create this avocado knife or whatever so that I can pay a dividend. No, they created because they think they can get enough people out there that really are into avocados and really have a need for something that's gonna make their life chopping avocados really easy. They're, they're creating this business to create wealth, to create profit. They're not creating the business to pay a dividend. That's a decision that comes down later. Um, so companies become valuable and grow not necessarily by paying dividends. They grow by reinvesting back in their business. And ultimately, if they're doing reinvesting and making smart decisions on how they're reinvesting their profits, ultimately the value of their company is going to go up, and ultimately the value is going to is going to the value of the stock is going to go up. That's the principle behind it. It's, it's you know today we're looking. I'm looking at it on my screen. And I'm seeing all these tech companies, you know, exploding today in price. If you go down the list of all those tech companies, they don't pay dividends. They don't pay dividends. The tech companies adopt a philosophy of taking their profits, reinvesting it back in the business or saving it for a rainy day when times get tough for a low part of their cycle. And so when you, that's kind of the, 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 the split. When you think of dividend paying companies, they tend to be older companies, they tend to be more well-established businesses, um, they generate stable cash flows, and 
that's usually when you're investing in dividend stocks, those are the type of companies you're going to invent to. Now, one of the things I have an issue now, and I'm talking about this whole premise of businesses are in business, are started to create wealth, they're not there to pay dividends. It's when I see, ultimately, when you take that logic, when you see a company paying a dividend, to me, it kind of signals that they're telling us something. They're telling us, you know what, we're, creating, we're a profitable business, we're making money, but we really don't have any ideas or products or ways to improve our products out there that are going to help us grow the business even more. So to me, a concept of dividend is just telling, their share, is telling your shareholders that, you know what, we don't really have any ideas in terms of how to grow this business right now, or we don't have a lot of really great ideas, or we do have ideas, but we just, they just haven't panned out yet. Here's, we don't want you to leave. We want you to stick with the business. Here's a little chunk of the profits, a little nugget, and just stick around. And we'll be more than happy, and I tell you, we promise you, down the road, we're gonna have some things, we're gonna hit some home runs on some ideas and some products on products and services. That's, to me, what the whole concept of dividends are. And that's, when I look at dividends, that's what jumps out at me. And the other takeaway, really, when you look at dividends, when you look at dividends, is really understanding what stocks are. And you know the, 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 the cycle that I just went through in terms of the life cycle of a company, um, companies, you know, stocks are the, one of the most riskiest assets, one of the most riskiest investments out there. A stock can be priced at 100 and go, can go to zero. Companies can go out of business. And companies can go into weak cycles. So just because you buy a company um, that, of a stock that pays a 3% yield, dividend yield, um, that stock, you know, at twenty dollars. Let's say you bought it at twenty dollars, um, or your cost base is at twenty dollars. If the company either goes out of business or enters a really rough patch, that stock price is going to go down. And so all of a sudden, that three percent yield you're getting um, is actually looking like a loss. And that's the real kind of thing that I don't think a lot of people are aware of really when they're looking at dividend investing is that. Stocks are risky. You know, the, the underlying stock of the company that's paying the dividend is a risky asset. It's a business. It's susceptible to business cycles. It's susceptible to going out of business. It's susceptible to being disrupted by competitors and other threats, uh, regulatory issues out there. Stocks are risky. And so using dividends as kind of your criteria to make, to buy stocks to me is really risky. Even though it's kind of presented to us in the perception we have is dividends are safe, um, stable, um, predictable, um, they're far from it. And I can only give, I have like, there's like three examples um, that, I, that just jump out at me. And, and as I said earlier, the traditionally dividend paying stocks tend to be more associated in the banking sector, uh, utilities, commodities, utilities, and industrials. And so, there's like three kind of poster child cases why you know, dividends are not this foolproof, bulletproof, um, guarantee, um, you know, shoe-in for steady streams of income. Like the classic example I can give you is from a financial perspective, you know, banks, we think banks are you know, bastions of security, they're prof uber profitable and, and they pay really great dividends. But banking is just as susceptible to going downhill as any other business. And we only have to look back to 2007, what happened with Bear Stearns, uh, Lehman Brothers, the whole financial era sector, um, 
up here in Canada, um, you know, the banking stocks got hit, everything got hit at the time. But, you know, these were companies that paid dividends and pretty, you know, three, 4% yields and <clears throat> they got dinged. And so those perceived companies that we thought were bastions of stability, you know, took a really bad hit, but these were dividend paying companies. Another great example, Potash Corporation. And Potash um, is a cyclical company because it's, it's, it, it, you know, it sells a, pro, a commodity that is very susceptible to, is very cyclical in nature in terms of demand. So if you look back in the mid 2000s, or late 2000, or mid to about five, six years ago, potash was, and commodity stocks were such a huge deal. And you know, potash was exploding in price, and potash, the corporation was just was exploding in price. They were paying a really high dividend, and they were paying one of the highest dividend yields, I think, in the market. They were almost like 7 8% dividend yield, which was really unheard of, which was really crazy and really high. And guess what? Guess what happened? The market, the, the potash market kind of collapsed, and the stock got killed. Um, and ultimately, the company made a decision that, you know what, it's, we're, I don't think we can afford to pay out a dividend anymore because our profitability is going to be impact, is impacted. And so they cut their dividend significantly. So if you're, again, if you're an investor looking, to, you know, looking for stable, uh, secure streams of income and you just put your money into a potash corporation because you thought, oh, they're paying 7% yield um, and they seem like they're making tons of money, which they are. Um, you could still be susceptible to shocks in that stock, and, and namely they got cut. And finally, the most recent example, which is one really that prompted me to do this this episode, was the episode is what we're seeing right now with General Electric. Uh, General Electric again, GE has been that traditional um, apple pie, stable, consistent, long-term performing company, the company of Jack Welch, light bulbs. And they have always paid a very nice and healthy dividend. And for a lot of investors, GE has, has been that kind of that blue chip uh, stock that you have in your portfolio to kind of have you give you consistent that quote unquote con consistent um, income stream. So guess what's happened in the last while? The stock has kind of been going down. So the capital gains on that stock have been going down. And it got down to the point where the company last week issued a really kind of, kind of meager profit forecast for the upcoming year. And even though they didn't say it, there's been a lot of chatter out there that they are going to cut their dividend. And again, this is considered that bellwether, you know, top of Mount Everest, blue chip dividend kind of paying stock. And now they're saying they, you know, they, they haven't said it, but there's a lot of illusions out there because they have a new management team. They're trying to right the ship, try to make some adjustments, and one of the adjustments is try to maybe retain more capital, retain more money into the business so they can reinvest it properly, which is not a bad option. There's nothing wrong with that. But for people that are dependent upon stocks as sort of that income stream, um, it's a shock. And so all of a sudden, you know, if you're paying three, four percent yield, that's great. But if the stock, your stock is, you're investing is down 20% or 30%, uh, you're losing money. And that, that supposed secure investment is not really so secure. And that's kind of the thing that really gets me nervous when I see people go, you know, jumping in on this. When I see people using dividends as the criteria for making their investment decisions, that kind of freaks me out a little bit because one of the cardinals I have is it's not I'm against buying, investing in dividend paying stocks. 
but it should not be your defining first screen or your first primary criteria in trying to you know, identify stocks or identify companies is, well, do they pay a dividend? Oh yeah, well, that's great, I'm gonna include that. I should take a look at that. Dividends for me, when I, as far as my investing, they're there, um, but I'm more interested in how the company grows and evolves and becomes competitive and ultimately how profitable it is. If the company happens to pay a dividend, then that's great. That to me, that is, in a, in a, to me, that feels more like a windfall um, than a steady stream of income. So, so if that's one of my takeaways that I, I try to really encourage people to do is when I teach people is when you're figure, trying to figure out what stocks you want to invest in, don't make dividends to be your defining criteria, your make or break. Ultimately, what makes or break your investment decision is the quality of the company's management, how they make investment decisions, the types of products that they sell, whether people want them or don't want them, and ultimately, are they making money? Are they creating wealth based on the limited scarce you know, wealth, money that this company has? Um, that's, that's your criteria. And so, Especially what I see them going on in GE, because I'm sure there's a lot of people, you know, pension funds and stuff like that, they're all in on GE, um, primarily because of that dividend stream, which is, again, ugh, to me, is just really, really risky. So, um, that's what I wanted to give a takeaway. So, dividends are great. I'm not saying don't buy, I'm not poo-pooing dividends, but please don't make them like your defining criteria, your make or break, or your showstopper or no showstopper uh, decision point in terms of whether you're gonna buy or sell a stock because then you're gonna limit. Ultimately, stocks, all stocks are risky and they all have the potential to go to zero and they all have the potential to lose significant amounts of value in it. Um, and whether the company pays a dividend or not really shouldn't factor, shouldn't be a primary factor in how you make your investment decisions. So really, really critical. It's something I really feel strongly about. Um, uh, because a lot of times I, I just see people making decisions based on, well, they pay a, they pay a, they pay a dividend, so it's got to be a good company. No, please, it's you have to do your homework. Really understand the company and the business that you're trying to, that you're considering investing, and look at all the other aspects because uh, they're going to uh, override whether they pay a dividend or not. So that's all I got for you this week. A couple of things. Uh, if you have any questions about what I'm taught, what I've talked about here today with respect to dividends, there's so many ways you can get a hold of me. Feel free to shout out. Uh, I'm on Twitter all the time talking about stocks and investing, so you can follow me on at Twitter. Um, I just recently set up a Facebook page. It's called Sage Investors. So I'm always posting stuff on there, stuff that I'm doing on my website, blogs, uh, videos, podcasts, and also my episodes of uh, Stock Talk Live, uh, which I've we're about a month into them now. Um, every Wednesday night, I jump aboard Facebook Live between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. around there, and uh, I just—I'm just—it's basically open mic. I just jump on and I just talk about investing. I'm there to answer questions. If you have questions about investing, you want me to talk about some stocks, uh, try to—you know—talk through some stocks in terms of try to figure out whether they're good or worth investing in or not. Just jump on there. Um, my, just do my. Uh, what's my Facebook page? Sage Investors. Between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, every Wednesday night. Um, I'm doing this. I've been doing this now for about a month, and uh, it's just it's something to do because I really love talking about this stuff, and I'm really interested in this stuff. Uh, so I'm just sharing it with you, just being out there, being being of service for you guys. Um, finally, also every Wednesday, I also send out an email every Wednesday morning. I call it in the loop where I kind of give you anything that I knew that I'm posting on my website for blogs, videos, podcasts. I uh, include it in the email and also I share with uh, people 
um, what I'm reading, different types of research reports, analysis, charts uh, that I really find interesting that I'm using that kind of are framing how I look at the market and how I'm making investment decisions. And so I share those um, little links um, that I find really interesting with you too um, through my email address. So if you're interested in jumping aboard, uh, getting that email every Wednesday morning before you wake up, um, you can just go to my webpage, sageinvestors.ca. There's a little uh, form there right on the homepage. Just uh, drop your email and uh, good to go. You're good to go and you'll be uh, connected in every Wednesday morning. So that's all I got for you this week. Um, thank you for joining in. Uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, if you were interested in any of my previous podcasts, you can go through my website, sageinvestors.ca. There's a section called See in Here and Stock Talk Live is, Stock Talk is right there. And also, yeah, you can just go on there and uh, catch all my previous podcasts. Also, all my podcasts are on iTunes, so feel free to subscribe, join, leave a comment, leave a review, and uh, enjoy away. So thank you very much for listening. My name is Amon Reina and of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.